On today's show, Luka Doncic, first team All-NBA where he belongs. Guys, Damian Lillard doesn't even have a case. Get off. It's not even a conversation. High comedy. We'll talk about that. We'll break down so much more. Get back into the Mavs front office drama and all that from Tim Cato's piece coming up. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is total, complete bullshit. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The KD crazy, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I mean, that's one of the best playoff performances we've ever seen, right? I try not to be in the moment type of thing, but, and you know how much I love old NBA. I even tweeted out a Wilt Chamberlain stat um, about him <laughs> averaging 48 and a half minutes for a whole season because we were all freaking out about KD playing 48 minutes tonight. But is that one of the best playoff performances ever? They were showing, they were showing like the only players to ever score 40 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists was like KD. Barkley, uh, who was the other one? And then, and then Luka Doncic, Luka, that was yeah. the other one. Absolutely wild. I mean, but the, the like what KD did, and obviously today we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff about Luka and all NBA. We'll get into the Harald Bob story, all of that. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. But what Kevin Durant did, I mean, being down, what were they down, 20 at one point? And to come back... With a hobbled James Harden, who were who was like just a shell of him, like not even a shell, a shell of a shell of himself. Like if yeah. you've ever seen a cicada like shed its skin and it just leaves the exoskeleton like just stuck there, it's like if that's if that also like left its shell and there was a, a leftover residue from that shell left over. He was just absolutely brutal in this game, and they were down seventeen at halftime. And Kevin Durant just came in, played all 48 minutes. Isaac, he scored 49 points on 23 shots. And had 10 assists and had 17 rebounds. And, like, every phase of the game. And only had had three turnovers. Like, he was absolutely incredible in every phase. And they don't win this game unless he goes absolutely nuclear. And it was just an incredible performance. Uh, So, props to KD. And also... uh, I, th- I think Coach Bud is going to the unemployment nah, line. Just like, firing he's, now. He's like, done. I, there's no um, – even if they come back from this series, right? Like if, Even if they win this series, which it doesn't seem like they're going to at this point. I've never oh, – By the way, I've, no Kyrie Irving, too, for the Nets. Like, Yeah. I've never questioned a head coach more in a game than I did Bud. And I don't even have any like rooting interest. I don't dislike this Nets team. I honestly kind of like, like them a little bit. Um, but I don't think, I don't see him as like this, like big villain. Um, but man, bud, what are you doing? If we thought Mavericks fans were upset about Rick not going small or doing some things, you know, here and there with the limited roster that he had, what are Bucks fans doing today? Because there's about a million things that you could just torch 
but bud for doing from Brook Lopez stuff to Dublin KD to Giannis to not attacking James Harding every single possession. What I don't know, man. I I just I kind of feel for Bucks fans, but then again, you got Giannis to sign this extension, so I guess you're set. I don't know. Can you imagine if Giannis hadn't signed and they played this game? Imagine what Mavs fans would be feeling at that point because the Mavs have this they, they have this uh max max space they could get him and he could come and play with KP and 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 Luka like all the other thing is if Giannis and Luka played together a bunch of people were tweeting that the Mavs would never hit a free throw ever again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely wild game in that one. But it's uh, there's also a Giannis conversation too that a lot of people are having you know, right now after it's after game, we're recording right after the Nets Bucks game. Okay. And, you know, we have CJ McCollum calling out Giannis right I now. I just so saw that. Yeah. First team all NBA and he's not going to go check KD. It's like, Ooh. we got, we got other stars in the league calling him out. This is the full circle we've talked about, right? Like every, every star has this, like, you know, a big time star. Giannis had the biggest approval rating, you know, what a few years ago, year ago. And now we're starting to see it, the pendulum swing or go full circle here. And the people, and honestly, I've been, I've been on this heel for a while that he's not the, a true Batman. Uh, I, I feel the same way about Zion. I like, I feel like the true Batmans of the world are the KDs, the Lucas, the guys who can go get that shot. And I, man, it was kind of disappointing for Giannis at the end of this game. Not just like not guarding KD, but he did fumble that ball on the great pass by Middleton. The fadeaway when hard was it a great pass? It. I don't know if it was a great pass from Middleton. I thought it, I thought it was a pretty good pass, but it's just yeah, some questionable decision making. And but you know what, you're locked into Milwaukee, so. Oh man, so yeah. Nets win that one. They're up three two. There's still two more games left. Game seven will be in be in. Uh, an incredible game if they get there. I think Thoughts that one's going to be absolutely wild. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, let's get into All-NBA. Let's just announce it for now, right? <laughs> first team. Luka Doncic makes first team with Jokic as the center. Kawhi and Giannis were the forwards, and Steph Curry is in the backcourt with Luka Doncic. No qualms, right? I mean, it's really hard to find any fault in that whole list considering – uh, I mean, we just talked glowingly about Durant, but he missed a ton of games. Like, he missed 40-something games this season or something, something close to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Luka, by the way, second time, first team All-NBA, third year. In his first three seasons. Like, that's – I can't under – like, undersell. Like, I don't even know what to – how to – yeah. There, I mean, there's only head been – Head to toe. A, head to toe. Let's go. Uh, the immediately so it was announced on TNT immediately coach buds on my TV right now. I'm really curious. He looks he so said, sad. He just, he's just like, I, I did. I, things. Too. I he's said like stuff one, two, three and... Cancun, uh, <laughs> but one, two, three unemployment, <laughs> the T the TNT crew was just comedy and embarrassing at the same time after this came out, because Shaq, his first comment about everything was what about, what about, well, what, about Lillard? what about Lillard over Luca? He should have had that. Uh, better regular season, guys. I've I love Damian Lillard. L- yep. Love watching him play basketball. Deep deep dive here. Y'all remember my mother in law back years ago? <laughs> people still tweet you about this. They still do. Yes, OG people of this podcast. Because my mother in law before she moved back to Brazil, she. Um, <laughs> we took her to a game and it was against Lillard. And so she always said number zero is good. Number zero is good. 
But anyway, I love Lillard, but he has no no case at all against Luka. Like I just want to know what what is the case for Lillard over Luka in this scenario? It's not team record. It's not better team. Like CJ's better than any player on the Mavericks. You could even go a step further down from that. Like if you did a fancy draft of like teammates between the two, I, I think Nurkic and Covington would probably go above. Uh, a decent amount of Mavericks. Um, maybe, you know, Tim Hardaway's in that KP's in that, but then you just look at all the stats. I mean, I cool. Lillard has a little bit better three point shooting, but if that's, that's the one thing that you're like building your argument on, I just didn't get that. That's just dumb. And maybe if you look at some of the clutch stuff and the incredible games he had this year, but Luca had some incredible games too. He had some yeah. clutch games too. I mean, it, it wasn't as spectacular as Damian Lillard and, and Shaq's one argument was, well, the team's better. The team's better. And Kenny Smith backed him up and said that the, the Blazers are a better regular season team. The, the the Mavericks are up and down. Yeah, the Mavericks are up and down to the tune of the same exact record that the Blazers had. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and the Blazers never beat a team above them in the West standings the whole season. So, I don't know about – I don't know what you're, you're counting for that. So, yeah, I, there's no, no reason why Damian Lillard should be above Luka in that. I just can't see that. So – him getting first team all NBA, I I was just super happy they got that. He deserves it. It's awesome. It also helps trigger this even bigger rookie supermax type of uh, I ex- extension. I think it's uh, Bobby Marks tweeted out a little over 200 201 uh possibly, which is just insane. And then I know I tweeted about it and I joked, but I mean, if you just start looking at where this contract's going to be and you start looking at a couple more max contracts with a bigger cap, I mean, this dude is going to be, yeah, um, set for life. (laughs) He's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be one of the the highest earning NBA players. If his career keeps on going at that rate of, of all time, if he keeps on with setting up right now with this $200 million you know, rookie extension at the very beginning. And then if he gets, you know, a couple more super maxes in there, it, it's, it's going to be a uh, pretty wild. Wasn't Kevin Garnett at one point, the highest earning NBA player of all time. Possibly. What do you think Kevin Garnett made in his entire career? Entire career. He played forever, right? Like he played a long 120. time. 120. No, 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 no. Way higher than that. He was the all time earning NBA oh, player. Okay, okay. He finished I in 2016, like 17 contract. Okay. No, Oh gosh, I don't know. I have no clue. Three hundred and forty-three. <laughs> Luca's gonna get a big chunk of that in just his first contract. Like Kevin Garnett's first contract out of his rookie deal, which apparently his rookie deal looks like it only lasted three years. Fourteen million, sixteen million, nineteen million, twenty-two, twenty-five. <laughs> He's gonna Luca's gonna blow that out of the water just right out of the gate. Incredible, incredible for Luca. So there you go. We'll talk a little bit more about that all NBA, but we got to get back into the Haralabob Bob Volgaris story with Donnie Nelson, Rick Carlisle, Mark Cuban spoke the power struggle between them. We, we heard from Mark Cuban. So you're going to hear from us about what Mark Cuban told us about this whole situation. So stick around. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, let's talk about Locker Room. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. You go there, you download it. A bunch of you guys are on it all the time. We appreciate everybody that joins our rooms. We talk about Mavs stuff. Uh, There's a bunch of other Mavs rooms as well. I know Mavs Draft. Richard does a bunch of rooms talking about draft prospects and all that. So go check it out. 
Uh, it's the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the NBA, NFL. They have all kinds of different conversations you can join. All you have to do is download the free Locker Room app, currently available on iOS devices. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me. I'm at Nick Van Exit. You'll get notified every time we go live. And then join the room. You can talk and try to get out on stage. You can just join the chat. But Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris, I want to bring us back. Yesterday, we had the great Tim Cato on the podcast to talk about his story back to the about, about the power struggle in the Mavericks front office between Haralabob Balgaris, Mark Cuban, and then Don Nelson and Rick Carlisle. It seems like those are kind of opposing forces right now. And maybe Cuban and or maybe uh, Donnie and Rick aren't necessarily like together in this, but it seems like they're on the same side in this one. But... Let's just talk about it in, in general. Uh, were you surprised by any of this? Do you think that it's a problem? Like, are you concerned about all these things? Because it seems like Mavs fans are all over the place with this. I've been, like, scouring Reddit and YouTube comments and Twitter and all this stuff, just trying to get a sense of where Mavs fans feel. And there's some Mavs fans that are just completely in the dark and didn't read the article and are saying, Luca's going to leave, Luca's going to leave, which is not anything what that article said. They basically only read the Bleacher Report article. Actually, my brother-in-law, who's not necessarily a Mavs fan, but uh, lives in Oklahoma and will follow some Mavs stuff because he knows that I'm in it and he loves the NBA. He said, I heard it, I read an article saying that Luka's going to leave Dallas. And I was like, what What do you mean you read an article about that? That's complete, like, false. So where do you think Mavs fans are? How do you feel about this personally, about just the whole power struggle and where we are right now? Oh man, what a what, what a loaded question, Nick. Um, I gave you some uh, options there. You did. Can I take an angle real quick? I want to, if you can give me the stage just for a second. Can I dig in? Um, I just want to take an angle of what some some Mavericks fans I've seen over the past twenty four hours that as soon as a story drops like this, you hate it as a Mavs fan, right? Like I, I'm Mavs fan. Shocking. Love, love the Mavericks. Um, contribute to the team website. We know that. Love, been going to Mavericks games for a long time now. Love it. But when you read a story like this as a Mavericks fan, you can't let confirmation bias come in and infiltrate your judgment and your uh, opinions on things and immediately read a story like this and say fake news. Like If there's anything over the past two years that should teach us anything is we well, you can't look at a story and just be like it's it's out false don't want to believe it not true this is bullcrap like i even seen some tweets and stuff at us for even having tim on the pod yesterday a lot of I'm youtube saying, like, comments about that yep. yeah it's like why are you even having mom why are you even giving the platform it's like guys we're less than 24 hours from a story coming out and confirmation bias gets into our brains because we're fans. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to see it. We love Luca. We love our Mavs. And it's like immediately not true. And it's just so dangerous. It, and it, this isn't a, a, a shot towards Cuban or anything for quoting. I, I don't even want to put Cuban in that because Cuban's involved in the story. Like Cuban is a part of that. Of course, he's going to take his angles to things. He takes his angles to trade rumors to every, like he's always talking to the media and, a lot of times he's saying stuff because he has to take those angles. He does his own thing. So this isn't about Cuban. I'm just talking about maybe a portion of people out there just wants to immediately discredit all of it by just saying this is fake. It's not true. 
That's Tim's dangerous. just chasing a story. Tim's chasing clicks. He's just putting Guys, this out and, there all day. And let's be, let's be honest about something. You know what local media probably really, really, really would like? For Luka to stay here in his entire career. For this Mavericks team to win a title. Guys, we know uh, this podcast has grown so much since Luka has been in Dallas. Guys, when you win the team that you cover and you write stories about and you do podcasts about, you get downloads, you get clicks and all this stuff. So it's not, I don't want to hear the, the the local angle of like, oh, local media just wanting to run Luka out of town. Heck no. Okay. <laughs> that is not, the, that's not the case on that. So I just want to say like, just be open mind. I'm not saying that every media thing you ever read, because I I just hate the tag of oh hashtag media. It's like me. There's so many times we want to discredit me and say hey that's that's not true, but then you want to back it back it up with another source of media. So what you're really saying is like hey that source of media is not true, but I'm gonna pick pick my source of media that is true. That could go for a lot of different things, but that's just the angle that I want to take at the beginning. Because I've seen tweets at us. I've seen people just immediately want to discredit this story. And that's just a dangerous route for us to, to be in, in anything outside of sports and anything. Now, is every part of that story 100% completely true? Maybe not. We don't know, right? We exactly. just, he, if Brad Townsend comes out tomorrow and it's the whole opposite side of that, then you do what you want with it. Then pick it. Like, do, like pick your side if you want to do the sides and all this stuff. But I'm just saying it's just dangerous to see a story written about your team and just say it's not true because you don't want it to be true. I'm like, man, there are so many times I read things about this world, about our country, about anything. And I'm like, man, I really, really don't want this to be true. But dang, it might be true. And it's up, like, you got to discern, you got to study, you got to read up on it, read different things before we just discredit a story like this. So going back to this story, how I'm feeling, I know I alluded to it yesterday. It's like, yeah, I this is a, a fine line. I got to ride in this, but... I, Heard a few things over the past few months, six, seven months ago, just about just the tension. Like, I don't want to get into like details, but just like a, a tension of when you bring in a guy like Haralabob, like a sports gambler into a front office, like there's going to be some tensions when you have a front office that's been doing what they've been doing for so long. It's the same people. There's going to be some natural tension there. What surprised me, and I said this on yesterday's podcast, please go back and listen to yesterday's with Tim Cato, who wrote the story. I was just surprised to the extent of it. I didn't know the extent of the power. I didn't know the extent of some of the relationships of just between everybody involved. And that's where I thought someone was telling of, it's like, wow, okay, wow. He might've had a little bit more power than I thought and some decisions and some players that, you know, all of that. So yeah. And, you know, Nick, you know, share with me today, reminded me going back to draft night, Locked on, you know, the Locked On Podcast Network did this like locked on live thing on draft night to where we had Chad Ford, who is amazing. I mean, if you've been into NBA draft, you know who Chad Ford is. And it was Chad Ford, Nick, David Locke talking about draft night. And I think Nick has it pulled up here. And Chad Ford mentions him by name. And this was what, mid November? Yep, November 18th, back when the draft was happening, which is just seems wild that the draft happened in November. But yeah, this is uh Chad Ford, and he was he asked me who like who is her Alba Garris and all that kind of stuff. And so this is uh yeah, this is a clip back in November 18th, 2020, the night of the draft. And we bring this up because part of the story from Tim Cato was that Haralaba actually picked Josh Green and Tyrell Terry, and they didn't really even can consult the front office, the rest of the front office about it. So this is what uh, Chad Ford had to say then. 
record is they're taking Josh Green. That's a, I think Josh Green over Sadiq Bay is a fairly significant surprise. This draft was broken down, Chad. For sure. I think we thought Bay was like one of the high risers in this draft that, that because his floor was um, pretty high, that he was going to jump ahead of some of these guys like Green. But, you know, Green is younger. Uh, he certainly has the ability to defend multiple positions. He tested as one of the best athletes in this draft. A lot of questions about his jump shot here. Um, the analytics guys liked him. Uh, I, I know there's going to be some teams in the 20s that are going to be uh, upset um, that he's not on the board, but we'll be probably pretty happy that Bay is. Nick, what's your reaction to Josh Green? Yeah, Josh Green, a little bit of a surprise for me, at least. Isaac and I on Locked On Maps have been talking about Sadiq Bay all the time, saying could they trade up for him? Could they go get a guy like that? Seemed like he'd be a perfect fit. But Josh Green, another 3 and D type guy as well that they could go get. Uh, it's interesting that Chad Ford mentions uh, the analytics guys really like him because the Mavs have Haralabob Valgaris in their front office, and he's in their war room right now with Donnie Nelson. And so I wonder if that had anything to do with this pick, he, you know, being a scambling type guy, all about the numbers. I wonder if he had anything to do with this type of a pick. Uh, but you get another, you know, defensive wing to bring into the Ma- into the Mavericks fold, and they definitely need guys like that to play defense. Uh, I, I think, I think he, I think he did um, actually. I, I think that he's playing a, an increased role in their front office, and and you know, Mark Cuban has always been intrigued um, by the analytics side of things, and and uh, I, he he may have the ear of Mark Cuban right now. Chad Coming up, we'll break smart, down smart that clip. We'll get into it. There's some real interesting stuff in that. We'll talk about it and uh, break it all down. Coming up, but before we do, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious, guys. It's a protein bar. You've had protein bars before. You've tasted them. They're like, ah, it's okay. It's fine. It is what it is. This is a bar you're actually going to want to eat. I want to eat one every single day, and. By and large, I do. I usually have one to tide me over between meals to just get a snack quick if I'm working and I don't want to go make something, prepare something. They have a bunch of awesome flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. You'll have to go back and see which ones of those are separate flavors and which ones are together because I just kind of all read them as one sentence. Built Bars are absolutely great. Some Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. They're absolutely delicious. And 4 grams of net carbs as well that's incredible if you're trying to do a keto diet like isaac has been doing go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your first order use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off at builtbar.com also want to talk about betonline.ag it's the fastest and easiest way to put some money down on sports if you want to just uh go check out their website they have all kinds of stuff all the time they have nba series right now Currently, the 76ers are a minus 290 favorite over the Hawks in that series. The Jazz still favorite over the Clippers, minus 123. That one is fascinating. It really seems like with the Conley injury, with Donovan Mitchell dealing with some stuff, with Rudy Gobert just not knowing how to get involved really in this series, it seems like the Clippers kind of have their number. And so that one's really interesting. If you want to get some good odds on that, go and check it out right now, betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus to first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some of that audio. So you heard it before the break about uh, Chad Ford mentioned it. He said the analytics guys love Josh Green when the the Mavs drafted him. just absolutely loved him. And so I brought it up. I actually, I forgot that I brought it up. I brought up the name Haralabob Volgaris and said maybe he had something to do with it. 
just because there were some pictures that came out of the war room, and I remember us seeing Haralabob yeah. in that war in the the war room was different this year. You know, it was on the the practice court uh, to where they yeah. they have in this norm, this other room, and they're spread out. So they, everything. Yeah, they shared some pictures, and we've seen Haralabob in some of those pictures. So. You guys went live right after the Josh Green pick, I think. Yeah, that was, that was literally right afterwards. And just and I knew that Haral Bob was was involved in the analytics side. I knew that he had been brought in as like kind of the head of it, basically. And so I just threw his name out kind of as I wonder if he had anything to do with it. Just sort of kind of like a buzz name, basically. And Chad Ford comes back with, I think he has a bigger, like he had, I think he has Mark Cuban's ear and a bigger role in the front office than we expected. That was back in twenty, like November of 2020. Like that's m- months ago that he was saying that. And so this is not something that just came up out of nowhere, right? This is something that's actually been, been going on a little while. So I found that really interesting. I found it interesting that, um, yeah, that he had such a big deal in the 2020 draft because, uh, yeah, this, this front office has been known to, to get some guys in the draft. They were right about Giannis. They're obviously right about Luca. They hit on Jalen Brunson. They've you know had some misses for sure, but they haven't had the best picks. I think we talked about it enough yesterday. But yeah, I found that whole thing really interesting, and it was interesting that somebody else besides Tim Cato had something to say about Haralba Valgaris and his role in the front office, and it was bigger than we all expected back then. Yes, I agree. I don't know what else to add. <laughs> I also want, I also want to bring this yeah. up too. The other the other day the other day I tweeted that we tried to tell you it wasn't John, it wasn't Donnie Nelson, right? Like everybody was trying to say fire Donnie Nelson. He's the reason why everything sucks. And yeah, Donnie's had some misses too, right? He's not completely 100% like he's the best GM ever. And every GM has misses, right? Like at one point Danny Ainge was this untouchable, incredible GM and what has he done since, you know, the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum moves, right? Like some GMs have some really good moves like Bob Myers has. I mean, now they have Brad Stevens and I don't even know if I would trade Brad for Giannis, (laughs) but I said that it's not Donnie Nelson because there's more dysfunction in this, in this organization and how the power is, is, is working. And it wasn't just Donnie Nelson, like making all these bad moves and everything. It was sort of like, it was sort of like you, like there was, there's that episode of the office where, uh, where Saber has taken over Dunder Mifflin and, um, and the, the CEO comes in and is like, yeah, we're going to make, uh, no, it was, it was before then where they're going to make, they're going to make a gym manager and Michael manager at the same time. And Jim is over day to day stuff. Michael's over big picture stuff. And so they're trying to lead the office. And so they're having all these weird meetings where like, uh, Jim goes, well, we're going to try to cu- cut down on some meetings because that's day-to-day stuff. And Michael's like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, yesterday we had an entire meeting about an, <laughs> an hour long about planets. <laughs> and Michael's like, well, that was important because blah, blah, blah. And Michael had his whole agenda and he was trying to do this. And obviously it was ridiculous what Michael was trying to do. But it that's, that's not the way it, it can work in a front office. When you have two conflicting people with different agendas trying to do stuff and one of them is undercutting the other one by going straight to the to the owner, right? Like this is just not how a functional front office is going to work. You put all that time and effort into, you know, making these picks and scouting the right guys, and then all of a sudden, you know, a guy comes in and says these numbers say it's going to be this, and you don't put the two together, the eye test and the analytics, right? Like what well, basketball Twitter and everybody's been talking about for years. I just found it. I just think that it's. It can't just be Donnie Nelson's fault that the roster was disappointing, that the, the the guys didn't come through in the end and beat the Clippers and all that kind of stuff. 
It's I don't think it's just on him. Yes, he probably had some misses in there too. The Josh Richardson one seems to be one that he definitely missed on. The KP trade, we're not sure about that one now and, and all that. But there was dysfunction and there was conflicting people on both sides now trying to do the same job. And there's no way you can succeed when you do that. Just just well, the way yeah. that it works. Well, I mean, when you lose a series like that, everybody's everybody wants a scapegoat, right? I mean, we see this yeah. with any franchise. Like, well, somebody's got to take the fall. Bud's going to be that for Milwaukee. And, it's and like, by the way, gonna... it's still KP, right? Like, KP's yeah. still the scapegoat guy. We don't have to point to this front office and say, oh, that they had a couple other guys. No, KP's the one that was disappointing. Yeah, and it's like some people, yeah, it's like this rotating door of like, okay, well, some people want to take, you know, make their target Rick, some people Donnie, yeah. some people Mac Ingle, Luca, uh, some people want, you know, KP, some people it's Cuban, some people, you know, it's like everybody has to have their scapegoat. But here's the thing this is why you never are going to see us like talk about like front office or like who's responsible for whatever, because it's not clear in Dallas. It's not like a Maasai situation in Toronto to where, you know, maybe, and I could be wrong on this, but to where like the Toronto ownership isn't as prominent as Cuban. Like we know Cuban is in a lot of like free agent stuff and all this different stuff to where it's like, we know there's like a big four. I mean, there is Rick Carlisle, Michael Finley, Donnie, Mark Cuban, Haralabob. Now it's like all these different people to where, that's why I'm always like, man, it's unfair for some people to step back and be like, oh, it's all on one person, whether it's Donnie or whoever it is, because we just don't know who actually has the final, like, I mean, yeah, Cuban has the, the final say so, but it's not as clear as some organizations around the league to where if crap is the fan of Toronto, everybody's looking at Masai because Masai has total control, one dude doing all of it. And there's different situations like that across the league. And that's just not the, how it is in Dallas. And it, it, it always amuses me every single time there's free agency or whatever is that people say, well, Mark Cuban traded for this guy. Like, what do you mean Mark Cuban traded for this guy? Like he gets the credit and the blame for things. We want to pick and choose who gets credit right. for what and who right. takes the downfall for what. Like he's the owner. He's not the GM or the president of basketball operations. And unless it comes out, like Mark has plenty of times, has said, hey, you know, I was the one who didn't you who said no to Giannis. I was the one about Steve Nash. That was my biggest regret. And even and I mean, we're 30 minutes in this podcast and we're just now getting to this. I, I reached out, I reached out to Mark earlier today and I said, Hey, we had Tim on the pod yesterday. We, you know, to talk about the story. I said, I want to give you the equal chance of this. I want to like what do you want to say? Do you anything outside of your tweets? Do you want because I don't want to just hit one side? I should have said this in a second segment. But oh well, but I, what what do you want to say to that? And he responded right back and was just like, "Hey, I stand by my tweets." That that's going to be his statement, and it's like, that's it. it. You know, he had his tweets online about it, and that's what he's he's standing by that. And bam, that that's the other side for now. Now, if somebody writes a bigger piece on it, but I just wanted that's why I reached out to him. It was like, hey, and it's like I, I just want to give you the shot too. I think it's it, it's fair to to give you the, the chance to. Yeah, say something maybe outside of Twitter or whatever. And this is a statement for now, and that's Twitter. And so let's go look at his tweets. We'll take a little bit of time here to talk about it. When Tim Cato originally tweeted out the story, Mark Cuban quote tweeted it famously now and said, total BS, completely, uh, just straight up. That's all he said, total BS. And then the next one, uh, somebody responded to, a, a Mavs fan apparently responded to that and said, I saw another article saying Rick was eyeing the Bucks, quote unquote, potentially vacant head coaching position. Fact is, the Mavericks have some 
something else everyone wants. Luca is the future of this league, and the media is going to stir everything up in Dallas they can to create that drama. Mark Cuban responded to that and said, 100 and 100 to 100, which is why the writer didn't reach out to me till just before the opinion piece was published, and I never spoke to him till after it was posted. I conveyed the facts to him then. So that's Mark Cuban's side of it, right? He's saying that the, he conveyed the facts to him. So what are the facts? That's We go back to the piece and say, was Haralabob really part of you know dictating lineups and rotations to Rick Carlisle? Was he really the guy that was the only one responsible for the Josh Green, Tyrell Terry picks? Like we have to go through some of the details and the actual you know the actual real facts in the story and say, well, which ones are true, which ones are not? Which ones did Mark Cuban convey back to him and all that? And also about what Tim Cato actually reached out to Mark Cuban about. We asked him about that. We asked him about that when he was on the podcast. And to be honest, I don't know if Tim fully answered that question. It seemed like he walked around it and maybe he asked him like, a, you know, in the, in the final hour, like, hey, do you want to comment on this story? And Mark Cuban decided not to. And so then he's like, well, he declined to comment. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how that went down. And maybe we'll never know how that went down. But I just found that pretty interesting to hear that. Well, I mean, uh, he's quoted in the story. So that's where that's why I asked the question yesterday to Cato was like, Okay, well, if Mark is talking about your story and where he's like, hey, the writer didn't reach out, referring to Cato, but he's also quoted in the story. But but Cato said that he did talk to him, you know, the morning of. So that that's why I was just a little confused on that. But you yeah, know. there's there's something there's something off with with that because yeah. one say, one saying one thing, one saying the other thing. So I mean, that's kind of how some of this goes. So there you go. That's what Mark Cuban said about it. And uh, the an- to the answer to the question, what's the takeaway of this podcast? We don't know what's going on, but it's not good, right? <laughs> like that's well, kind. It, it just has my it has my ears perked up. On we the last question we asked Cato on yesterday's podcast was, if you're the fan and you're worried about Luca right now, like what's your message to to that fan? And he's already been very, you know, he's he's. Do you want likes much, on your tweets or do you not want likes on your tweets? <laughs> that's well, how you he, feel about it. He's pretty much just almost guaranteed the extension thing. He laughed about, we all had seen the, the quote right. and video of it. It's like, all right, let's once he signs the extension, let's like the clock's ticking. It's been ticking. When you have a player to his caliber, it's been ticking. And it just raises your eyebrows uh, a, a little bit of like, okay, it's not ideal. It's not all, you know, yeah. Sugar plums and, and fairies right now, as far as just the, the whole situation, there seems to be some frustration with front office and roster and everything. But like we always say, winning cures everything. And 100%. if they come out next year and they make a deep run in the playoffs, then we're looking back at it saying, man, wow, that's crazy. Look at last offseason. And if the Mavs had hit four, four more threes against the, and if Marcus Morris had hit like one less three in that game seven, then this is a completely different conversation. The Mavs are still playing, right? Like It's just yeah. wild how different things could be, but also, this front office, they went out and got KP. It's not like they didn't do anything. It's, this is not a LeBron situation in Cleveland where they just didn't have anybody by the end of his run there. So, yeah, and, and also, gonna, yeah. also the, end, the end of his run was, you know, like years and years later. It wasn't like f- three years after he got there, right? If you go look at those some of those LeBron teams three years after he was there, I mean, those are some pitiful teams, so. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to do a whole pod probably, probably next week at this point. Yeah. Um, just breaking down Donnie and just his, his different moves and stuff. But just, I mean, that KP trade alone is, I mean, talking about being aggressive. I mean, you go out and you're like, Hey, I'm going to, Luca is so good 
that I want to swing to get him his co-star right now because yep. we think he's so good that he, he we can win right now and to give up a couple draft picks and all like and then signing to the max contract extension and all that stuff because you want to be aggressive and show Luca like they could have very much just sat on their butts and just like hey and take the approach that a lot of other teams you know do whenever they have a superstar player and it's like hey we're just going to suck for a bit we need to draft we just need to get some high draft picks and Luca this is just part of it you can average 35 a game but we're going to win 35 games a season but they didn't want to do that. They were aggressive and they swung for it with KP. It obviously hasn't worked out a ton yet, but that's, yeah, but we'll, we can, we'll break down more of that later. We'll break down more of that. Go listen to Locked On today. It's the best 20 minutes in sports podcasting. Go check it out. All the sports news you need. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. You are not supporting the 40% of the community that wants to refrigerate after opening. You know that they want refrigeration after opening because it's weird because it you can't put it in a fridge that you're not supporting kevin kevin i am so yes or no true or false disclose now andy i am i am so sick of your peanut butter arrogance no no mark this is very important